0: Everybody, grab your Bible, Ecclesiastes chapter three, Ecclesiastes chapter three, we're kind of rounding out this series called Reclaimed, where we're just looking at what it means to engage each other and engage God's heart around the table. I think it's extremely important for us uh, this morning, and I I hope, my prayer is that God really uh, stirs our heart to trust and celebrate him in a new and fresh way. And so we're going to start in Ecclesiastes chapter three. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one under the chair close to you, but we want everybody to be able to have the word in their hand to, to see it for themselves. So please take that opportunity. I'm going to pray for us. We're going to jump into the word and then at the, we're going to have a, just a time to celebrate God and his goodness right at the end uh, through worship. And, and, and uh, so we'll take that opportunity uh, at the end. Let's pray. Father, you're so good, and you're so faithful, you're wise, you're full of peace, you're full of truth, and in you is life, and so we're coming to you. In fact, Holy Spirit, you're, the, you're our teacher this morning, and we're asking you to impart to our hearts for your namesake and for your glory and for our deepest joy. So thank you for being here. It's in your name we pray, amen. Yeah, come on, you wanted that whole video. But you weren't moving enough. Uh, some of you were moving, that was good. That's awesome. Man, weren't the 80s great? So, so good. It was actually kind of 70s, that was actually 1980 right on the cut line there. Um, love that song. Man, that song's amazing, isn't it? Not? Good, good song. Uh, loved just searching as, as I was kind of preparing for this message, I was like, uh, we're gonna be talking about what it means to actually celebrate, and there's no greater expression of celebration than the song celebration so and so I just started looking at it of course you know of course when you do YouTube searches it's a it's a can be a dangerous thing in many many ways because you could find yourself like hey I found this video celebration we really want to do this and then all of a sudden you find like hey movie stars from the 1930s and 40s are dancing to the song Uptown Funk I have to watch this and then it just and then it just goes from there it's really really bad Uh, And so I just wanted you to know how hard it is to prepare for a sermon every week, (laughs) all right? You need to feel my pain. So I was going through that, but I love that song. Of course, we love that song. That song absolutely resonates, one, because it's an amazing beat and it's amazing music. It's amazing musically, it's fun, it's awesome. But the true heart of that song is we love to have fun and party. There's something in the human spirit that wants to be able to go, yeah! You know what I'm saying, like you feel that like that was on pitch. that was good. Can I be on the worship team? Yeah. okay, all right, um, you want to be able to do that. I, I love that in, in fact, uh, I was w- watching that video and I was looking at the um, the comments below, which can also be very dangerous as well, but I was looking at the comments below and just and so what people were doing is like. Uh, when this happens in my life, like I, this is, I play this song, When This Happens in My Life, and I thought, well, I just need to share a few of these, what people were saying, like, I do this. So, uh, when I finish work on Friday, that's how they're feeling, right? When I finish work, work on Friday. When your Wi-Fi is fixed. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, when you find out that your crush has a crush on you too. Play that song. Or uh, when your dad finally comes home from getting the milk. That was on there. And then, my last and, and my favorite when you get the last hot pocket from the vending machine, right? That's the reason, those are the reasons that people play that song. But I'm telling you, it, it does, all you need is a hot pocket and you're ready to celebrate, right? There's something in the human framework that actually wants to party and to celebrate and have a good time, right? That's what we wanna do. Now, the, I would say this the problem is, is that uh, we think of partying in terms of the world, and when it comes to the church, we don't so much think about that. My my guess is if I say the word church to you, or if I even talk about something that's quote-unquote spiritual, we don't get the idea of celebration. It's maybe more like heavy, or maybe somber, or dark, or those kinds of things. We kind of have... Uh, this thought process when it comes to church of like everything's like, mm. And hey, let's be honest. When we come together, oftentimes, those that have seen who God is, we, we come and we deal with some heavy things, right? Because we, we feel the weight of our lives. We feel some of our own brokenness. or We feel the weight of the brokenness that we walk through in this life. We see the brokenness around the world and not everything is necessarily always happy, happy, joy, joy. And so those that are followers of Jesus just even inherently have made a kind of a declaration, hey, I'm not okay, and I need someone to make me right and okay. I mean, that's at the center of what it means to even follow Jesus. And so there can be this somberness. There can be a weight to who we are and what we do and, and even the things that we see around the world. And that's not necessarily bad. However... That is not the only emotion we see in the word of God. It's not the only descriptor for the people of God that everything is heavy and everything is about our own brokenness. But in fact, what we see through the word and what we see through the scripture is not just an encouragement, but a command to party, to celebrate, to be a people of laughter, to be a people who see the things around them and know the God in the midst of them and say, hallelujah, there's joy in this place. In fact, in your Bible there, in Ecclesiastes chapter three, the wisest man on the earth is writing this text and he says something pretty profound. He says, for everything there is a season, verse one, and a time for every matter under heaven. You skip down to four and he says, listen, there really is a time to weep. We've all probably experienced those times. There's a time to laugh. There is a time to mourn, but there also is a time to dance. Meaning this, yeah, it's okay to have those moments of mourning, but listen, it's just as important to engage the times of dancing. This is a part of what it means to follow Jesus. It's a part of what it means to know God is that there are real realities in our lives that are harsh, but man, there is a God that is great and there is a place of celebration. There's a time to dance, a time to party, a time to feast. Psalm 30 verse 11, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and you've clothed me with what? gladness. Gladness. Somebody get it. We're getting pumped in here. All right. If somebody don't have a white hanky out saying in a minute, you know, come on. I'm saying, hey, God is well aware of our framework and the things that we go through. In fact, you might even be going through a hard moment, even right here and now. But that doesn't change the fact that God takes those moments of hurt or pain or mourning. And what God does is he turns it into dancing. And we might be clothed in a moment with sackcloth as we walk through it. But what God says is, listen, son and daughter, there's a time coming where I'm going to clothe you with gladness. Like that's going to be the garment that sits on you. This is what's going to be about you and around you. And so whatever mourning we do experience and whatever heavy moments we face in this life, God means to turn them into joy. So m- meaning this, whatever you have faced or whatever you might face, it, the indication from Scripture is God has a design to turn it into joy and gladness. He's using it for our good. It's what he wants to do. And so that is God's plan, it's God's desire, it's what he does, and it's what he is doing in our lives. In fact, to not be a people of celebration, of dancing, of gladness, to not be that is actually completely and utterly against the grain of the tradition of our faith going back to the very beginning as God was establishing his covenant people when God was establishing his covenant people, he actually said, I'm gonna, I, w- I want you to know that you can rest and enjoy my goodness so much. I'm going to command and call forth times of celebration, that there is a moment where we're going to feast. And in fact, there's not just one. God instituted seven different feasts, seven feasts, like seven different times. For the people of God to say, hey, we're going to push the pause button no matter what we might be going through. And we are going to celebrate. We're going to remember the goodness of God. God actually initiated these feasts. These weren't like the people like going, hey, God, could we fit some dancing somewhere in here uh, together? No, God was saying, hey, let me tell you something. I, know, I actually know the human framework. You're going to need this. So we're going to, I'm going to author. I'm going to write this into the contract, in, if you will, into the covenant with my people. We're gonna party. We're gonna celebrate. We're gonna remember what I am doing in your lives. And so there are actually seven feasts uh, with, from the covenant people Israel. And what's powerful about this is that all of those seven feasts that, co- going back, they're all, for, we learned from Leviticus chapter 23, going all the way back when God instituted these feasts, every one of them, Powerful and beautiful, pointing to a different part of who God is, and hear hear this: every one of them pointing to Jesus, every one of them pointing to a King who's coming, who's actually going to make every one of these feasts effective and powerful in each one of our lives. So that's what I want to do. Just re- I'm, In fact, I'm going to go through these pretty quickly because each one of them could probably bear their own sermon. In fact, it sounds like an amazing sermon series. I'll work on that. But uh, in, the, in the time being, we're just going to take a few minutes to look at these feasts and then see what God wants to say to us about Jesus. So the first and foremost feast of Israel is Passover Passover was that celebration after the people come out of Egypt and God institutes a celebration, a feast, and he says, hey, I want you to remember the day when I came in judgment. But what I said is, if you'll put blood over the doorposts, I will pass over your family. You will be saved because of the blood of an innocent animal. The blood of an innocent lamb will cover you. See, The Passover feast was the celebration. Hey, Jesus' blood covers our sin. Let me tell you something right now. You, if you are in Christ, if you've called on the name of Jesus, you have the blood of Christ totally covering you, shielding you, making you whole. Where you were broken, you're no longer broken, Anymore Feast, the next feast, actually started the next day, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, right? That Feast of the Unleavened Bread was that remembrance where Jesus God said, hey, I want you to party. It's actually, this is a seven-day party. This was actually a seven-day, which I think, you know, like when we do like parties, it's for one night and then you feel exhausted, right? Do you ever hosted a party and like at the end of that party, you're like, man, that was so fun. I need to sleep for six days, right? This is a seven-day party, seven-day celebration, and here's what it was. Hey, the Feast of Unleavened Breads, I want you to remember I was coming so quickly when you didn't know it, and out out of nowhere I came. You didn't even have time to put yeast in your bread, so I'm coming so quickly that I want you to remember, I, I ransomed you that quickly. I came in a moment. You weren't ready for it. And so you had to scramble to put the bread together. And of course, we see throughout scripture that leaven or yeast is often seen as sin, right? And the sin, pulling the sin out of the bread. That's the beauty of the unleavened bread is that that sin is removed and taken away so that what you have is this pure piece of bread. And of course, you know what Jesus says about himself. He says, I am the bread, of life, it's the beauty of the feast of the unleavened bread. Feast of first fruits takes begin a uh, place at the beginning of the harvest, and it begins to signify Israel's gratitude to and dependence upon God. Reminds us this the, that first fruit idea is right at the beginning of a harvest. That as we begin to take this, there is a first fruits unto the Lord. And of course, we know that Jesus. This one points to Jesus because he was, as Paul tells us in First Corinthians fifteen, the firstborn from among the dead, meaning the first to rise and to go before us. Meaning this, every one of us shall be raised to life. Every one of us was meant to be raised to life. No, not one of us was meant to live in darkness, in brokenness, in depression, in a cave. We were meant to be pulled out. The feast was meant to show us Jesus went there first so we could come right behind him. Don't stay in the cave. Let's walk out with him. Thank, thank Jesus for that. The Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Weeks was at the end of the harvest time. So f- exactly 50 days after, uh, the, uh, after the Feast of Firstfruits is the Feast of Weeks. 50 days after, the name 50 in Greek is Pentecost, which you may have heard of, right? And it's the picture of God coming to and helping his people, gathering in the grain taking care of the harvest, coming and covering his people. And of course, Jesus uh, shows us that at Pentecost that he sent his helper to come on his church to lead us faithfully. The feast, the people are celebrating the fact that ultimately, they they, they were celebrating before they even knew it, that the Holy Spirit is coming. He's here, he's with us, we're not alone. You might feel alone, but let me tell you the truth, you aren't alone. You can never be alone. If you are in Christ, you don't have the chance to be alone. Script, I love the scripture says, "If I go to the mountaintop, you're there. If I go down to the depths, you're still there. There's no running from the king of the universe. He's got you. That's the meaning, if you will. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's who He is. He's here. He goes to us, and he goes with us in those dark places in those dark moments to pull us out. It's the beauty and the power of who our God is. The Feast of Trumpets. To commemorate the end of the agricultural and the festival year, the trumpets are blasted, and they're meant to signal that they were entering into a sacred season. The work had been done. The trumpet sounds, and it reminds us Jesus is coming again. We will not be left here by ourselves, but Jesus is coming to ransom for himself a people. He's making us ready. He is coming again. We are not working and we are not even sitting here in vain. What we are doing is we're being made ready. Every lyric you sing, every word you hear, every time you open up the word, hear this. We're being made ready for our coming king. He's pumped He's excited to come and get you. Do you hear that? Listen to this. He isn't coming like reluctantly. Oh, gosh, I guess, I guess they need ransoming. That's, this is not the tenor or the heart of the king. The king is, I'm making a people ready for myself. Like, I'm ready to come. At the moment's notice from the father, the son will return and come and pull for himself of people, meaning this, he's gonna scoop you up. In a very real way, he's gonna scoop up every that call on his name. He's making you ready to scoop you up. That's what he's doing. I, I'm gonna coining that phrase right now. He's, make, he's making you ready to scoop you up. I feel like you're a Frito, but you're coming, right? He's gonna like scoop. I don't know. I don't know why I just got that image, but like, He's the Frito, you're the bean dip. I don't know what that is, but just get that in your head. He's coming. Scoop you up. Sorry I said that. All right, okay. Last couple of feasts, Day of Atonement, the Day of Atonement. 10 days after the Feast of Trumpets is we get the chance to see the high priest go into the Holy of Holies to make atonement for his people. A beautiful, powerful picture that Jesus not only is the high priest—he's the sacrifice. He's both, and he goes in before us, and he makes us right with the Father. Listen, I want to tell you something. I don't care how—I—I uh, I, I don't know what you might be going through, but understand and know this: you have an advocate that is going before you. He is your high priest, and he goes before the Father. And he says, Father, I have, I'm not just making atonement. I am the atonement so that I pull the, if you will, I pull the curtain down and you have full access to the Father. Today, hear this, you have full access to the Father. There is literally nothing in this universe that can stop you from the full measure of the Father. Nothing. There is no sin. There is no sword. There is no principality. There is no darkness that can separate you from the love of the Father expressed in the high priest, the Son of God. Can't be done. Can't be done. Nothing's holding back his love for you. Nothing. It's, it's, time, it, it's time to celebrate and receive it. Hold it. Get, treasure it. Pull it in. And then finally, the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booze. It's the, it's the remembrance. That actually, the people came together and they would, they would literally make tents and they would live in them uh, to remind them of the 40 years where they lived in the wilderness. And God came and they made the tent and God dwelt among them. He said, I'm, I'm making my home with my people forever and ever and ever. Jesus is coming to dwell among his people that he will ransom us forever and ever. That we're going to live with him. Hear, hear that. Church, you and I are going to live with the son of God. Dwell among us be with us it's a promise of his coming again revelation 21 he's coming again so why why all this info because of this and for this reason alone the celebration was never about how good the people were doing it was fully in celebration of the greatness of god which is such good news for every one of us because you are invited to party even if you aren't perfect. You and I, we are invited to celebrate, to be full of joy and full of hope Regardless of our own lives, our own circumstances, our own issues, our own sin or our own brokenness, that doesn't change the fact that he's worth celebrating. Life in him and all of his promises and all of his goodness, it's fully and completely afforded to us, poured out over us in the blood of Jesus Christ. We have full access to it so that no matter how your emotions might be, In any given moment, we have full ability and even commandment to celebrate, to remember, to see his goodness. God has cleansed us. You aren't perfect, don't worry. God is coming through. Feel broken, God has removed our sins. God has raised our lives up from the grave. God has sent his spirit among us. God is coming again. God is the sacrifice who made a way for us. God promises to be with us again. And church, that's worth celebrating. It's worth partying. What I actually love about this truth is that God instituted these moments because he knew that in our frailty, we tend to go with the waves and the wind of our own emotions and we feel the ups and the downs of life and we can get totally bogged down in our own mess. We can get totally bogged down in our own pasts. We can get totally bogged down in our own failures and what God wanted to do was set up opportunities to say, child, come up here with me and see who I am and see what I'm making you to be. You don't have to stay on the outside. You can dive in head first. In fact, I'm commanding you, come on in to my goodness. See the ways that I provide. Remember, celebrate, have joy. Might, might even be in the midst of a trial. Experience my joy. Do it. You, listen, you have victory. You have victory. I have, we have victory Because of his victory. This is why we have to celebrate. That's why there's the command. Celebrate, feast, eat, drink. Because God is our source. When we don't have the energy, God does. When we don't feel like moving on, God did. When we don't feel like we've got the purity, God delivers it when we don't feel like we have the gratitude, God raises it. It's what he does, it's who he is. Therefore, it's just, it's time to party. It's time to celebrate. And so the question becomes, how often do you allow yourself or even call yourself to enjoy God? I wanna say that again. How often do you stir your heart to enjoy God. I'm so thankful for obedience. We're called to be radically obedient. I'm so thankful for the, a, a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes when, when, when we know that our hearts are maybe going the other way, our emotions the other way, there's, I'm thankful for that moment. I'm thankful for walking out in the things that God has called and commanded us to, but there is a call and a command Enjoy God. Enjoy him. And the only question that arises from this in this moment is if you struggle to actually enjoy God, then where is the lie that is keeping you from his goodness? What is the lie that has kept us from being able to pour ourselves like these feasts into the greatness of God and his promises and his goodness? What is the lie about his character or what is the lie about your position before him that is keeping us from truly enjoying him? Let me tell you, a thousand ills and the sins of our lives and the hurts and the wounds of our lives melt when we come in to enjoy God. Like receive his pleasure and find our delight in him it just, it, I'm telling you, even as I say it, it's just a little bit confrontive because it just doesn't allow us just to keep walking through life and maybe we show up to church a couple times a month and no, church, the son of God went to the cross so that we could forever celebrate and enjoy him. You understand our final destination is a full-on party. Like this is where we're headed to. It's full-on delight in the king. Like, can't stand up straight, must bow down, delight in God. If that's where we're going, let's taste it now. Let's just taste it now in new ways. So how, 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 do, just how do we do that? Let's find the moments. I, I, I thank God for, we have, a, we, have a, we have literally a season coming up where we do some thanksgiving and, and we get to celebrate Jesus' coming. If we're not careful, those moments that are, can be commercialized in a very real way. And, and I, all I'm saying is, hey, we have some real moments coming up where we can just say, hey, how do we do this together? How do we grab our family and celebrate and have joy? How do we, let our, how do we allow our hearts to enjoy God at Thanksgiving? Right? You're, you're like sweating over the green bean casserole. Right? Right? And it's like, hey, can we somehow find a moment to enjoy him, to remember him? That same, same thing with Christmas. We have these regular opportunities, but I might just ask the question, is there a regular, and I'm, I'm preaching to myself right now. As I was studying this, I'm going, ooh, come on. Is there a regular opportunity that we need to begin engaging and celebrating the goodness of God. Can I? Can I just? I think it sounds to me, just from Scripture, like the most normal thing in the whole planet is to get a bunch of your friends together and just party and and be thankful for who God is and what He's doing. Like, just take a minute to just celebrate what Jesus is doing and encourage each other and speak some life. Like, what if we put a regular opportunity together where we just came together and we. We, we did the whole party, but the whole thing was just around God's goodness. And we just shared about what God's goodness has been in our lives. And maybe we just spoke some of God's goodness over each other. Maybe we just like came together and we get like some food and, and we get some drinks. And then we just say, man, I see the goodness of God on you. And I just, I see his gladness on you. And just speak life over and celebrate. What, what if we just took opportunities to do that? What if we just took moments, right? Because when we do that, when we when we take time to celebrate, what it does is it actually gets our eyes off of us and it puts us, puts it back on the goodness of God. I think there should probably be regular moments like where we're just hanging with each other and we're getting our eyes off ourselves and just seeing the goodness of God, right? Or we're taking time to celebrate, and it just helps us remember that God is kind. In fact, we're actually implored, we're encouraged, commanded to remember God's kindness. Psalm 77, I'll remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Psalm 105, remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he has uttered. Oh, offspring of Abraham, that's you and me his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Let me just say, if you find yourself in a low place, it's entirely possible that to pull out of it, you just need to party. I I mean, if you find yourself really stuck or at a low moment, or you find yourself maybe just wrestling through some real circumstances, they're they're not little, they're not small, what we walk through in life is real it might be worth coming up and feasting and remembering the goodness of God, no matter our own stuff. Yeah. Remembering his faithfulness, even though our emotion isn't lined up with it. it. It's entirely possible. This is what the Lord's calling us to do. When we take time to celebrate, it helps shift that focus from what's actually temporary to what's eternal. I'm telling you, if there is a big, massive dose injection we could all use I just injected my hip right there I don't know why I did that it was super intimate but I'm telling if we if there is if there is an injection we could probably use I, and I'm just I'm like preachers preaching to himself is to get our minds on eternity and not what's on tempor- what's temporary in front of us because this is all temporary we're here being made ready for a party to come and that's what God wants to do in us. It's what he wants to do. Revelation says, I, he says, behold, I'm making all things new. This is where we're headed. Totally new. Being made totally new. Write, these, write this down for these words are trustworthy and they're true. Meaning you can anchor it. You're being made new and will be totally new in his presence. And so if you find yourself even feeling crushed today by your circumstances or by what you're walking through, it just might be time to pause and breathe and remember to grab some friends and celebrate. In fact, I I can't think of a more, listen, I can't think of a more holy thing than when you're going through the fire to grab some friends and say, let's eat and drink and celebrate our King. Let's remember his, I don't feel really great right now, but I know he's great. I know my, my, I know my future is totally secure. It feels like my current is, is on shaky ground, but my, my, my guarantee is rock solid. It's trustworthy and it's true. I think that's beautiful. I think, become, I think we'll be made into his image when we celebrate together. We do it more and more. I'm gonna ask our team to come up. We're just gonna finish out here. You can put your Bibles down if you want. We're just going to make ourselves ready. In fact, I'm actually just going to challenge us right now. You can, this morning, be outdone in celebration by cooling the gang. (laughs) Or or we can rise up and celebrate. All right? The, The world can actually, the world can outdo us in the party thing with fake things that are not eternal or we can come up and connect with the heart of God and celebrate his goodness. Sing with all of our might. Make music in our hearts. Remember his goodness. We don't just sing words. We are coming to the King of Kings. We have full access. It's what God's done for us. You guys stand with me. We're gonna finish here in just celebration. So you gotta make your heart ready right now because you're about to give everything you got to the king of kings, Lord, it's not about your circumstances. It's not about your situation. It's not about what you're walking through. It's actually about a king who has ransomed you and has anchored your future forever. And we're gonna celebrate that. We're gonna sing to that. We're gonna make music and melody in our hearts and with our mouths and declare the goodness of God. We're gonna remember what he's done for us, even if it's against all of our emotions. Let's come before him with the full measure that we've been given, the full access that we have to the Father. There is nothing that can hold us back. There is nothing that can keep us from the radical love of God in Christ. So we have that full access. Let's go, let's celebrate, let's remember. Jesus, we're asking right now, would you open us up to celebrate you? We're going to give our heart to you. We're going to declare your goodness. We're going to remember your faithfulness in our lives. And we will see your goodness, your promises. We will see your goodness in the land of the living. It's not just in the age to come. It is in the here and now. Help us celebrate, we ask in the mighty name of Jesus.